Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is the People's Show and it is the 22nd day of October 2013. And I will be live here for the next hour. Joining me here in a little bit will be Mike Salvi of Mike Salvi's World. I'm going to talk about the March for Adam Kokesh. And um, I think we're doing two dates now. It's the 24th as well as the 31st. So if you're in and around the D.C. area, get out and show your love for another fellow freedom fighter and activist and, you know, just somebody that wants to be treated like a decent human being. And he asserted his right as a human being to defend himself in Freedom Plaza, ironically, and now he's been in the Hooskow since, I think it was July 9th was the, the day of the infamous raid. And actually, as luck would have it, Mike Salvi was on the broadcast with me when all of that stuff went down. And um, it was probably the most interesting podcast I've ever done, seeing as though we spent more time listening to our man on the scene, Daryl Young, and trying to figure out what was going on in the house. I had Jacob Yonicky, who was working with the group at the time, was messaging me from the inside, getting the information out. So it really was a revolution in media and showing how, how different things are now than they were even five to ten years ago with the militarization of police, the demonization of political enemies of the state and setting a new precedence here in America that um, if you make a video or if you make a statement that was well within his rights, it was you know already documented underneath the Supreme Court ruling that what he did was completely lawful. But once again, in a, um, in a world where I guess you arrest first and ask questions later. That's where we're at. So thank you so much for joining us. As I said, it's the People's Show. I've, um, it's really interesting, the maturation of not only myself, but the show over the last couple of years. I started out um, basically trying to awaken people to the New World Order and the global um, polymaths, as uh, Josh Wiley likes to call them, from the Journalistic Revolution, which is... Um, as I researched the polymath, um, I guess, nomenclature, it actually does fit them quite well. So, But I started out there, um, got involved with the liberty movement, and expanded my horizons and, and began trying to awaken people to just their God-given inalienable rights that were endowed by the Constitution. And once again... The Constitution doesn't enshrine the rights that we're given. It simply puts on paper what each human being is entitled to once you're born onto this planet. It is, as most people know, uh, an incredibly young document, but the mainstream media and other sources will tout it as something that's ancient and old and needs to be thrown out and doesn't live up to modern-day standards. But I think that we can all agree that everything that was stated in there, except for a couple of things, not outside, I mean, outside of the Bill of Rights, but things that happened a little bit later, like in 1913, and that wasn't a constitutional amendment, it was actual a, a law, the Federal Reserve Act, you know, things like that are what got this country trolling, if you will, into the wrong direction. So now we arrive at 2013, and what do we face? Well... We face global poverty on a mass scale. We face global economic disasters. We face, here in America, we face Obamacare, which 
is called the Affordable Care Act, and anybody that knows anything about the way that this government operates, and I'm not talking about this government like shame on you, but just the way that the bureaucracy and the, and the lawyers speak operate in Washington, anytime you hear something that sounds like it's going to be very, very good, it'll typically end up being the polar opposite of what it sounds like. Because it's much easier to tout a slogan of Affordable Care Act and then when the, when the bill becomes a law and then the law starts to become implemented, my wife and I see not only our premiums go up and our deductibles go up, but we see the, the squeezing of the healthcare providers into a little subgroup and luckily enough, she does have decent health care, and we're into this situation now where it's nothing but lies from the administration. And the question will be, once again, not a right-left issue. It's how much lying as Americans and as human beings will you put up with? Because if you see the lies for what they are, and you're not in the haze that I coined, I guess, in the... Um, in, in the show descriptions for tonight, the haze of American culture. And I want to be clear what American culture is because they replace American culture with what most of us who, who've studied history, who have studied what it is truly about to be free, understand what American culture is, and that is self-sufficient, self-reliance, and people banding together, even if you have different individual ideologies, people banding together for a common goal and people banding together for a common cause. So that's all been replaced with, with a corporate culture. And there's an article today. I'm not going to get into it, but you can find it um, all you want. And it will. Um, I, I saw it on Drudge Report today, and it talks about how that uh, NFL teams will now be out promoting Obamacare, which only makes sense because America revolves around popular culture now. America is a melting pot of human beings. It's a melting pot of individuals from all over the world with different concepts of what government is. And the original Americana was a limited government in scope, was maximum freedom, and understanding how the more that government encroaches on the individual freedoms, the more apt you are to become a society of dependence, which was never what this country was supposed to be about. The country that we grew up in, once again, as this, this is a very you know, state-centered rant, but I'm just trying to reach people on all ends of the spectrum. If you're a philosophical anarchist and you believe that, that government has, has spent its useful years and they have come and gone and now it is time to start something anew, I can philosophically agree with you on that. Now, implementation is a completely different story. The implementation that has to happen is there has to be a reversal of the dependency state here. I'm reading in an incredible book right now, and it's entitled um, The Rise of the Welfare State. And it's interesting because it is not a book written by one man with one perspective and one point of view. I typically find those books very dull after a while. You know, unless it's some kind of history book or something like that, those are typically action-packed. You know, every... Every page turn is, you know, a new conflict or a new struggle, and it's just fascinating to see the struggle for human potential and, and the struggle for self-actualization and things like that. But when you read this book, it's different. It's a collection of essays, and they, the essays can range from something very, very complex to something very simplistic. And so the simplistic aspect of it is incredible because it really does break down what a dependency class will do. And the, the higher-ups 
really break down the sociological and the social engineering aspects and what can come from a dependency class. And so the reason I want to stress dependency is that you have, right now in America, you have two different factions of people. And they do rely and reside in government. And there was an article about NBC the other day coming out and saying that most Americans lie right in the middle. Which what I've found in my research and in my actual day-to-day activities and my job, what my job description is, to do legislative research, inquire to people, and get their opinions on what to do in Washington. And what I have found has been very astonishing. And that's that the people that lie in the middle are typically the people that are complacent and will just muddle through anything. Now, I'm not talking about your ideology philosophically if you lie in the middle, because there are people that believe that there should be a balance between government and in industry and corporations and the individual. So I can understand that philosophically. But where I where I get confused is that if the majority of people lie there in the middle and they believe that we should cut government programs and they believe that we should cut defense and they believe that we should stop these wars and they believe all these different, you know, ideologies that you know, would align with myself, they fall short. Because, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here, because, you know, once again, I just want people to think. And and, and when I get on the show, I'm basically talking to nobody, or I'm talking, actually, I'm talking to lots of people, but I'm divulging everything that I've learned over my years on being on this planet, and that's really all that we can go by, everyone. We can go by what people have read and, you know, what people have said in books and what you've seen in, in, in movies or what you've seen in popular culture. But the thing that makes real and a real impact on us as human beings is actually living through something. You know, I have philosophical conversations with my father a lot, and he is of the same mind that that Jesse Ventura and a lot of the older the older generation that have that have fought for this country and fought for the constitution not for politicians they fought for the constitution and if you go back to the Vietnam war and and other wars that were started by you know global interests trying to make profits off of war racketeering and and drug laundering and, and money laundering. And that's what most wars are fought over. It's not over, you know, I don't like this person and they don't like me. And it's not over the spread of communism because if you look at what happened in Soviet Russia, it was this spread, we have to stop the spread of in the imperialist West. And that's what they were given. That was the the food that they were given in their selected society. And of course here in America it was the we have to stop communism and and so the divide and conquer method goes far beyond just your average run of the mill divide and conquer from the Republican or Democrat. But that's a side issue and we can get into that in another show. But what I try to divulge is everything that I've learned and everything that I've seen, and this is only my perception, is that people in the middle are scared. They want to have some kind of safe haven. They want to feel that somebody's in charge. They want to feel that somebody's got it all under control. Because let's admit it, life is absolutely crazy. Oh, and by the way, I am, um, I'm streaming for the first time tonight on Ustream. I um I put it in the um in the chat box for the show if the show link got shared you can check out my uh my mug on Ustream TV and um I'm going to try to simulcast the uh, the podcast because I believe that people enjoy you know watching people speak and and I do have a lot of animated hand gestures and but that never comes through on the radio but once again another side issue so back on topic I believe that the fear that is pushed through the uh, the American society 
keeps people from really expressing, number one, their feelings, number two, their emotional state, and number three, their true philosophical beliefs. Because everyone is so scared and has been so conditioned to accept that you have to be politically correct, so you have to do these things. Because you don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to offend anyone. You've got to be nice to everybody. Everybody gets a trophy, those types of things. So what it creates is a society of people in the middle, which is okay, I guess. But it doesn't promote freedom. It doesn't promote individuals. It doesn't promote, it doesn't promote group organization. It doesn't promote you know, free association. It doesn't promote those things. Those are things that I believe in. And once again, philosophically, those are things that I believe in. But my beliefs have changed. I was a, I was a gigantic status back um, not even seven years ago. When I first got out of college, I believed that the government could do a lot of things better than the private sector. But what I found out over my years and experience and research and, and understanding is that typically larger organizations that don't have anything to profit from and nothing to gain will typically not do as well as the private sector with people with something to gain. Now, I got in a philosophical debate with somebody, and, 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 and I, I struggle with this. I struggle with the difference between communism in its true form and then the, the libertarian ideology. Because communism in the true form would mean a stateless society where everybody comes together in a community, which sounds like a utopia, would be excellent. It'd be great if we could get everybody together and band together and put aside our petty differences for the good of the planet. And, you know, I would agree with the Pentagon and, Pro the Pentagon and Project Bluebeam and all of these other programs that they set up and they trust ran and stuff like that that said that the only way that we can unite humanity is through a catastrophic event, whether it's an asteroid, whether it's a, whether it's a, um, an alien species, whether it's Jesus Christ coming back, which they were going to simulate in Project Bluebeam. But there's no way that you can individually get all these people together. So I don't, I, I don't know if this is him, but I think I do have Mike Salvi on the line here. But that's the one thing that I'm trying to get to is that philosophically we can all debate on how we want society to run. But at the end of the day, we have to start from somewhere. And starting from the center will get us nowhere. We have to start from a common bound, a common basis, and just say that, that rule of law would be a good place to start. And I know that that's a statist act or what have you, but we have to start somewhere. Because right now, the way that our planet and our government and governments all over the world are operating, there is no rule of law. And at the end of the day, whose responsibility is it? It's ours. It's the people's responsibility. We're the inhabitants on this planet. It is our responsibility to make sure that the people in power, number one, don't abuse power. Number two, don't take advantage of what we have given them the duty to do, and that is to go there and represent us if you live in America, in the representative republic that we live in. So I'm going to pull up a caller here. Um, Hold on one second. We are still in a little time crunch. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. Is this Mike? Yes, this is me. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Um, everybody, Michael Salvi from Mike Salvi's World. Um, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be with you under different circumstances. The last time I got to talk to you was during the infamous raid, and now we get to kind of come full circle and um i wanted you to i wanted to get you on the show to number one promote promote your um your stuff and what your what you guys are doing up there in philly you guys do incredible work and number two i want to um i want to spread the message about adam and and how we can all get involved in our own sort of way to make sure that this gets the coverage it deserves so first let's start off by um by telling the listeners um who is michael salvi and how did you get involved in the movement um, okay. 
simple short answer is uh, you can go to MikeSalvi.com to find out more about my whole background. Um, but to cut to the chase, I mean, we, you know, um, I started, I don't know, started working out in the liberty movement, I guess, towards the end of 08. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, watched for a while, was politically apathetic for such a long time. And uh, something made me pay attention. It was the presidential election. So I started reading things and, and learning a lot in 2007, but didn't really feel like I, uh, I didn't feel like my voice was loud enough where that what I had to say carried a lot of weight because what did I do before that? So I just I never really attended anything. I just read and read. Finally went to something, and the first thing I ever attended was an end the Fed rally. Fell in love with the move, the the idea of the movement that uh, you know just the people there more than anything. And we all just stayed in touch. We kept putting rallies together. Some of them take off. Some of them don't. Um, and we never know which ones are going to fly. Which one? coincidentally uh, fly. I mean, we never really know which ones are going to take off. We Won't mm-hmm. Fly completely took off. That was kicked off by George uh, Donnelly and Jim Babb, but it was all put together by all the same activists in the Philly area. So mm-hmm. that just happened to get national attention, and then boom, uh, Jim and George became the spokespeople for, you know, for We Won't Fly. Um, it, but we're always just involved in different things, so you know, we, we kind of go out just to just to do it. I mean, not necessarily to pick up a ton of attention, but we would love to to bring light to at least certain certain issues. The Federal Reserve, um, you know, the, the TSA was a big one. Um, you know, anything that infringes on your right as a person, and that's mm-hmm. where this all kind of comes together. And the idea of of uh, like to cut just straight to Adam. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> to support what he did, sure. I think that. Uh, I think that if I can walk around in the state of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, if I can walk around and openly carry a firearm, I should be able to mm-hmm. do that in uh, within the borders of the United States, right? That should make the most sense. So especially mm-hmm. in the capital of the freest nation on earth, he should be able to do that. And, you know, he faces charges for something that I can do anywhere two hours mm-hmm. away. So I think it's kind of silly. So, um, so to be able to support him, not everybody likes him, don't really care. Um, Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a guy like that doesn't need to be behind bars. The way that they put him behind bars uh, shouldn't have happened. To serve him his search warrant five hours after, uh, you know, after they raid his house is just shit. It's not the way that things are supposed to go. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. the rule of law and <clears throat> being a good place to start. Sure, I'm not totally opposed to rules. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that, and, and I'll follow, you know, certain certain things that make sense. You know, traffic, mm-hmm. not necessarily traffic laws, but like, you know, just kind of the rules of the road. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. all kind of figure that out as we go together. We can yeah, do absolutely. Thing without having to force each other. So that's kind of, that's, that's what I advocate for. That's who Mike Salvi is in, in a short period of time. Um, yeah. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to stay, say like the, the, the corporate, you know, kleptocrat law that we're under now with all the edicts and, and policies that come down. I was, you know, getting back to basic, you know, common rights, you know, the Bill of Rights, you know, the Magna Carta, those types of things that I think that we can all agree on as free human beings would be at least a good jumping off point. So um, getting back to Adam, let's um, let's talk about what you guys are doing up there to raise awareness with um, with him being um, incarcerated and um, and um, standing on the steps and, and handing out flyers and, and once again using this as a platform to educate people on jury nullification? What I'll start with and what I'll end with is uh, media contact. As much media contact as we can possibly do, the better, uh, up to and including the day of the trial and obviously afterwards. But we want, Adam has gotten lots and lots and lots of local D.C. media. Mm-hmm. So, they, I mean, they covered him. I went to go see him a few weeks ago, and they covered – he was on the news because he wasn't able to make it to his Virginia court date because he was under federal custody. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, it's just like a quick blurb on the news. It's like, local man, Adam Kokesh, the guy with the gun, uh, wasn't able to be in court in Virginia because he's under federal custody. Next, mm-hmm. we found a water skiing squirrel. So the fact <laughs> is, is they're, still getting, they're still getting attention and they're still talking about him. So if they don't cover the rally, if they don't cover the first day of his trial, we're, gonna hit, we're basically going to storm the castle the next day and go to Fox and CNN and go to the Washington Post and say, hey, what the hell, how come you didn't cover this story? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then we turn all of our live feed cameras towards each other and say, look, the news is ignoring this. And Absolutely. it's a big story, so what the hell. Um, but, yeah, we'll be going down. Originally, the, uh, the trial was scheduled for the 24th. 
but mm-hmm. the prosecution uh, moved it up a week. We were originally going to, you know, <clears throat> truthfully, I got a whole lot less flack than I thought I was going to for moving the march. Um, but the whole point of doing the march on the 24th was the first day of his trial. And sure. when they moved it, we were kind of like, well, look, people already bought tickets and plane tickets to come out here. And um, good thing these people bought, you know, were smart about it. They're able to shift their dates. I called a lot of people before I, you know, made a full book, full blown announcement that we're moving it. I mm-hmm. called the people that I knew that were flying, that were driving out, that booked hotels or whatever, and everybody said it was fine to, to move it around, so we did. And rather than having people there on the 24th, seven days before his actual trial, I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking hundreds of people showing up, so we don't want to waste sure. that resource. But on the 24th, people are still invited to go. He has a status hearing, um, so he can try to get in the courtroom. I don't know what it takes to get in the courtroom. I would imagine dress well, probably bring an ID. Um, mm-hmm you know, look somewhat presentable. Um, but even if you don't want to go inside the courtroom, we encourage people to go so they can at least be there. But uh, people are still going to be handing out flyers. They can email Kim at adamversusaman.com and get more info. Mm-hmm. Um, meet up with her, and, and, uh, and there's going to be some other people there handing out flyers. But the big march is going to be on the 31st. That's when we have our speakers that are going to be there, and we'll march from the courthouse to Freedom Plaza. Six o'clock at night, we'll hold a rally. So it's going to be, a, you know, <laughs> like you said in the beginning, um, unfortunately, two times that we've been together on a show has been about Adam being in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, under better circumstances, I would like to get together with everybody, but I will tell you that, um, one, it's a good cause to come out on the 31st, and two, you're going to be amongst a great group of people, and uh, try to come. Try to be there if you can. Absolutely. Anybody that is in the D.C. area, if the D.C. is not a very far drive from you, Go out there and support people that are actually out there on the streets doing the deal and um, and fighting for your rights to be a free human being, and that's what it's all about. You know, not a lot of us, especially the ones of us that are involved in corporate America that have our nine-to-fives are not able to get out and do some of the things that some of the other activists can do that, um, that their day jobs will allot them to do. Not that we make a ton of money by doing these things, but it's – it's something that we feel a calling for, and, and Mike, the reason I got into doing a podcast is very similar to what happened with you. I um, I fell in love with um, with the the good doctor and and his philosophy, and started to to change my ideology of what I believed that freedom truly was, and I wanted a platform to to reach out to people and, and get them to to read the same ideas that I have read, and not necessarily agree with them, but at least contemplate them and. And start a dialogue about, you know, is is this really a free nation that we live in? And I think that we can all agree that that the direction it's going, it's going less and less away from freedom and more and more towards a place that um, is going to restrict us from doing things that we were, you know, that we should fundamentally be able to do. Like like you said, Mike, you can open carry in, in the Commonwealth of Philadelphia and and we have concealed carry here in Georgia, but... Um, you know, it's one of those things that that's one of your inalienable rights as a human being is the right to protect yourself. So, um, Mike, before we let you go, anything else that you wanted to promote? Um, what time does everything kick off on the 31st, just so everybody and – and a good um, – also a good um, point of reference for everybody so that they can go and find all the information they need and where everybody's going to gather and those types of things? Um, yeah, we'll be there all day starting at 7 a.m. at the courthouse. There's, def- there's going to be a team. Uh, it's at the D.C. Superior Court. If you need the address, it's, uh, I think it's 500 Northwest something. Um, go to adamversusaman.com and uh, click on the Facebook page from there. And hang on, I'm trying to pull it up. Okay. Um, well, that's probably not interesting for your show, me looking for it. But anyway, go to Adam. No, no, no. At, uh, Adam, <laughs> me sitting here looking um, hey, it's, it's better than you and I sitting page. there listening to. It's better than you and I sitting there listening to Daryl talk to cops on the phone and having complete dead air like we did last time. That's but. right. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, that was like literally during the raid. That was that was uh, something else. Um, yeah, like the Facebook page if you haven't already, and uh, we'll be posting and promoting the event constantly. Um, and uh, just type in March to Free Adam from the Man in uh, in the search engine of Facebook. You'll find out details. We will be there from 7 a.m. until 5.30 handing out flyers all day. We have enough. Um, just come volunteer. Um, be smart about it. Uh, you know, keep keep in mind that uh, have a buddy, have a camera, all those things. And um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, join us. We'll be there all day. And then at 5.30 we step off the courthouse. We work, we march over to Freedom Plaza, and that's where we'll hold a rally. Antonio Bueller will be with us. 
uh, as a speaker, Larkin Rose is a speaker, um, Rob Pepe's going to read a letter handwritten from Adam, um, you know, I'll be emceeing the event, and, and uh, it, it's just going to be, we need as much help as we possibly can. What can people do? They can uh, contact any local D.C. media, look it up, I don't have their phone number, you have Google, look for it. Look up local D.C. media, tell them what's going on, tell them about the 31st, tell them about Adam Kokesh's trial, um, you know, and keep your, uh, keep your message short and sweet and get people out there. Absolutely, and I'll um, I'll be your voice down here in Atlanta because if um, if CNN doesn't cover this, I am literally 15 minutes from the belly of the beast in CNN Center. So if they don't, if the national media overlooks this, then I'll um, I'll get my group of activists together down here, and we'll go down and and we'll hold up signs and we'll ask them why they didn't cover something that's a that should be a national issue. So, Mike Salvi, um, anything you want to say before you go? Um, live free now and uh, MikeSalvi.com. There we Thank go. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. This is a, I love the idea. We are not cattle. So, all right, man. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about unity and um, getting past petty differences and trying to unite for a bigger cause. And uh, I know you're out there fighting the good fight, and I'll always love talking to you, man. So I'll, uh, we'll have you up sometime really soon. So thanks for the time, Mike. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Right, thanks. Guys. Yep. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, there he goes, everybody. Mike Salvi of Mike Salvi's World. I um, I highly recommend his podcast. Really good stuff. He always has a, a lot of good interviews. Um, last night he interviewed um, uh, Jeffrey from the Adam vs. the Man show. They got into a little bit of what was going on with the um, with the actual the actual branding of Adam vs. the Man. And um, you know, it's a, it's an organization that I'm affiliated with, so I take a lot of pride in what they do. You know, I, I'm. Once again, I'm reserving all judgment, just like Mike is. I'm reserving all judgment for what's coming down the pipe. I want to see when all the information comes out as to what um, what went on up there. But, um, you know, I think we all just need to be patient, and it's one of those things that uh, we'll just have to wait and see what um, what evidence comes out. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting to see how things transpire and how people come together and what people do in times of adversity. So now we're... We're in one of those times as a nation. We're in one of those times as a um, as a group of individuals and have a specific way that they believe that people should live and and people should uh, interact with one another through free association and, and free markets and and now we're um, we're on the cusp of something really big. I feel and the more that we can get people to understand how to not buy into the propaganda, to not buy into the mainstream media, to not buy into um, government schooling and how you are classically conditioned from a very early age and the most impressionable ages to believe and accept authority and and muddle through life, evidently. And I don't think that any of us want that. Because as a species, the only way that we're going to go to the stars and, and colonize other planets and, and do things that... I don't know if you guys have thought about that, but you know, as a kid, I always dreamed that that would be incredible to be able to get on a spaceship and go to a different planet and see what that planet's atmosphere was like, and to, and to see what the um, what the gravity was like there, and just to be able to to break away from this this tiny speck, this tiny particle that we're in this vast universe that we sit in, and we sit there in our arrogance as human beings and believe that we are in the center of the universe almost like the Mayans. So um, I don't know where I got on that tangent from, but um, once again, go support Mike Salvi. Go support Adam versus the man. Um, Support any activist, local, national, people that are out there fighting to preserve the freedoms that that people died for to give us the opportunity to have a free society. Of course, we've botched it in 200 years, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't take it back. It doesn't mean that we can't shift the momentum back and become free human beings again. And I think that's where the pendulum's swinging, and that's why you see the mainstream media, you see the politicians, you see everybody, J.P. Morgan and, and all of these other people with a ton to lose. I mean, more to lose than anything if the Federal Reserve System goes away, and that's why you see the complete, I guess, calamity that is our world today and that's only if you're paying attention if you're a sheep then you think everything's peaches and you're probably just going to watch the kardashians and you know who's playing football on thursday night which once again football is not a bad thing 
But um, if it clouds your vision of what you were put on this planet to do and the destiny that you have carved out for yourself and the self-motivation that you have, then um, then unfortunately fall into the category of the sheep. So I'm going to open the phones up for anybody that wants to call in. Everybody, uh, phone lines are now open at 602-753-1916. Got a couple of articles here I did want to get into tonight. We're, you know, coming up against a time crunch here. You know, shorting, shortening the show to an hour has definitely helped my sleep schedule, but has definitely not helped my mentality of getting out all the information that I want to relay to the audience in these difficult times that we do face. So first I want to play a clip for everybody before we get into the news. Um, and I want to make sure that I get the right clip, and I hope that this is the right one. Because me being the intellectual um, organizational genius that I am, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got six clips in my audio files here that are all titled Obama speech. So let's hope that I can get the right one. I believe that this one's it. And this is the speech from the Rose Garden the other day. We'll know very shortly if this is the speech from the Rose Garden or if this is the speech that he gives to the people that say that the world is going to boil over. I think it's the Rose Garden speech from the other day. Now, if you haven't noticed, in case you've been under a rock, the Affordable Care Act website has been a complete debacle. It was, in essence, a storefront with a bunch of bad coding behind it, and I don't want to get into the bad coding and all that. I've read multiple articles. I listened to John McAfee give his critique, and... I'm pretty sure that John McAfee knows more about coding than I do, even though I do run a tiny little website slash blog slash whatever, not to minimize my effect on the web, but let's face it, I didn't create the world's biggest antivirus company. So the guy knows his stuff, and he says it's a sham, so I'm going to say that it's hogwash. But here is... With the liar in chief, and I understand that you can't come out and just take the full blame and, and, and say that you weren't prepared and you launched it too early. And yeah, we gave it to a foreign company, which this is the thing that drives me absolutely crazy. I would not mind if you gave a government contract to a company from another country, an international firm that did something so beyond what the capabilities of any American company could do. And this is, once again, my nationalistic view. But once again, I would like to see the money that is leaving our country stay in our country to help our economy, which is being destroyed by international bankers, regulators, and um, behind-the-scenes stupid treaties like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So, oh, speaking of which, I will have um, in the next couple of days, hopefully Thursday or Friday, so stay tuned for that, I'll, um, I get a chance to uh, interview and talk to Lee Camp again of LeeCamp.net, um, comedian, activist, author. I mean, the guy does it all, and um, he's a great guy. He's an absolutely fun guy to chat with, so I'm excited about getting to hang out with him for a few minutes, pick his noodle, even though we're on other ends of the ideological spectrum. He and I both have a great disdain for the corporate banking board. So that will be an intellectual conversation that you won't want to miss, so stay tuned for that. But here is Obama in the Rose Garden selling you um, some Obamacare. So get some. Enjoy. The problem has been that the website that's supposed to make it easy to apply for and purchase the insurance is not working the way it should for everybody. And there's no sugarcoating it. The website has been too slow. People have been getting stuck during the application process. And I think it's fair to say that nobody's more frustrated by that than I am, because, mm -hmm. precisely because the product is good. I want the cash registers to work. I want the, ch the checkout lines to be smooth. So I want people to be able to get this great product. And there's no excuse for the problems. And it's, these problems are getting fixed. So here's the bottom line. The product, the health insurance, is good. The prices are good. It is a good deal. People don't just want it. They're showing up to buy it. Nobody's madder than me about the fact that the website isn't working as well as it should, which means 
it's going to get fixed. And oh uh, yeah, because you just you just make it rain, Obama. And in the meantime, you can bypass the website and apply and by phone or in person. And sit on hold for four and, and a half hours. Don't problems with the website deter you from signing up. Oh man, politicians absolutely drive me crazy. And professional politicians, professional teleprompter readers drive me even more crazy. Nobody's nobody's madder than me. You know, I heard that line somewhere else before. You know, it's um, it's really not ringing a bell for me. You know, I can't remember. Well, we negotiated two side agreements that protect labor and protect the environment. And not until the two side agreements were completed uh, did we agree to support NAFTA. Now, this is, is a good deal for our country, Larry. And oh, me, there it is. Okay, so I remember now. NAFTA and GATT were a good thing for our country. And Obamacare, this is a good deal. This is good. This is a good deal. I think it's so funny. I listen to the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, just depending on which guest he has, I, um, I'll tune in and listen. Um, some of the guys are absolutely fascinating. Sometimes it's um, the MMA fighters are the ones that really um, that really get me uh, fired up because those are the guys that have have broken the barrier of understanding the the limitations of the of the human of the human body and the and the human mind and have broken through the wall. And anybody that's done any kind of sport or Anything that takes a lot of um, discipline, whether it's martial arts, whether it's a um, being very good at something, whether it's being and 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 virtuoso, if you will. It, um, I, I played piano for 20 years, so I understand you know the physical and mental aspect of of playing piano. And I know that sounds really odd, but the physical and mental aspect of playing piano and understanding and memorizing things and and being able to reproduce it almost subconsciously is something that you have to work at and you have to get better at and you have to just go and move forward. But what he talks about on his show all the time is the pentameter that all the that Obama speaks with and all of these presidents speak with. And yes, they're coached and if you want to uh, check out a good YouTube video, ooh, that's a good YouTube video for me to put on my site. And by the way, if you guys haven't checked out the site lately, I finally stopped slacking and Updated the website, wearenotcattle.net. Got a couple of new tabs under there. I have the decoding propaganda, and I think it's a things that you should know. I can't remember what the title was, but I put in there the ultimate history lesson by John Taylor Gatto, when it um, basically breaks down the um, from everything from the Rhodes Roundtable all the way out to the psychology of control that has been used um, throughout history and through the Prussian model of education that we go through and, and what that means and, and why it's done and just an absolutely fascinating, fascinating five hours. And I know you probably just heard me say five hours. Good Lord. Trust me, when you're listening to this, after the first 45 minutes, you're going to just keep listening and keep listening and keep listening. And for me, it was something that I've read in books. I've read you know, multiple books about the, the topics that they were going over. I've read about the Rhodes Roundtable. I have not read The Last Will and Testament of Cecil Rhodes, which I really do want to get into. But it, it covers everything. And I think that the next one that I'm going to put under that tab, because I'm going to try to do a new one each week. So after the podcast on Thursday, look for a new video to be added to that, things that you should know. And what it's going to be is just information for you to think about, digest, and, and how, how to incorporate things that will change your perspective into your day-to-day life and thus make you a better person, make you more observant, more aware and, and try to get people to think outside the box because that's where we need to go. The box is getting very, very big, ladies and gentlemen, especially here in America. The box is ginormous, and everybody that is getting into the box and piling into the box 
is living in a state of suspended disbelief and cognitive dissonance. Yes, we all live with cognitive dissonance, everyone. Once again, the first time I started researching the information about Cecil Rhodes and the Rhodes Roundtable and the eugenicists and the Huxleys and all of those things, it started to really get my head to spin. And I used my cognitive dissonance to push that away and say, no, 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 that couldn't happen. Humans are too smart. We would figure it out. And unfortunately, it's been well documented by a lot of different historians throughout you know, different universities all over the planet, but they never get any kind of publicity because that's not really something that you want to tout around to everyone that we're going to have a plan to depopulate the the earth and we're going to do these things in in the name of, you know, sustaining the species and, and creating a, a sustainable environment for the world. So absolutely bonkers. Once again, I am not giving you my opinions, just what they wrote down. So do I believe all of that stuff? Well, they wrote it. They were following the plan. So I'm going to have to say that I would have to say that the vast majority of it is um, as true, as terrifying as that seems. So let's talk about what happened last week in the news. Well, JP Morgan got hit with a $12 billion fine. Good for them. Unfortunately, it sounds like it sounds like Washington's doing the deal, right? The Justice Department's doing the deal. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna find J.P. Morgan twelve billion dollars for causing, basically causing the economic collapse of two thousand and eight, and um, still got no arrests from that. Everybody. So if you want to understand what I mean on rule of law, if you destroy the economy, I think somebody should go to jail. Actually, I think somebody should be beheaded over that. That's ridiculous. Capital punishment is an extreme form of punishment. I don't agree with it in every case. But if you implode the economy by yourself and then laugh about it and brag about it and then just say, hey, we'll pay the fine, no, no, no. we got to get a little bit, and I don't mean to get medieval on everybody, but that is probably the only case where I would think that these people should be brought to justice. And I don't mean rotting in a cell. That's absolutely sick. But I mean if rotting in a cell will suffice for most people, I can live with that. Just as long as they have to pay back the money and they have to – who knows? I don't think there's any amount of community service that I would agree with. That is just so beyond what we can even fathom here. So moving on, um, if you want to find that article, just Google J.P. Morgan $12 billion. I'm sure you will find it. And make sure to, um, to investigate what they were doing because that will give you a really clear insight as to why the nation is in the perpetual struggle that it's in and why QE Unlimited cannot stop because as soon as it does stop, it's kind of like the musical chairs where there's only one chair left and we've got six billion people trying to sit in that one chair. That would be the analogy that I would use for the audience. Imagine six billion people trying to sit in one chair as soon as the music goes off. And that's pretty much what we're going to be facing. So in lighter news, um, for the first time ever, Americans are now favoring legalization of marijuana. Holy cow. It only took us – let's look. Well, let's see. The statistics show – and this was from a Gallup poll, so once again – Pretty credible source, but sometimes numbers can be skewed, everybody, so keep that in consideration. But it looks like the majority of people would not mind legalizing marijuana. So we're fighting the good fight in the fact that we're trying to get something that was used as medicine for 6,000 years to once again become legal in this Orwellian world that we live in. But we are on the right track, and as I say, progress takes time. Revolution is not a destination, it is a mindset. So, we are in the revolution now for cosmic consciousness and for the awakening of the people to their greater aspirations of humanity. And I think as long as we keep pushing the envelope that we are going to get there. So, it says, for the first time ever, Americans are favoring legalization of marijuana. For marijuana advocates, the last 12 months has been a period of unprecedented success as Washington and Colorado have become the first states to legalize recreational use of marijuana. 
And now for the first time in a clear majority of Americans, 58% say the drugs should be legalized. There is in a sharp contrast the time that Gallup first asked the question in 1968. This is after the mass brainwashing and right before they went to um, Congress in, what was that, 1979? When they had the congressional hearings, it looks like they were still at 25% for legalization and 70% against. And that was their first Gallup poll was uh, only 12% favored legalization, showing you the power of propaganda right there. But once again, eventually the truth will always come out, everyone, and we will always get what we deserve as human beings, and that's the right to put whatever we deem to be fit into our own body as long as it doesn't harm or endanger anyone else. So... Continuing in the brief article here, um, it says, I'm going to actually skip down here, where it says, independence growing um, support for legalization has mostly driven the jump in Americans' overall support. 62% of independents now favor legalization, up 12 points from November of 2012. Look at that jump. That's incredible. That's really incredible, guys. Keep up the good work out there, man. Everybody keep pushing the the issue of um, of legalization because that'll take all the money out of the drug cartels and will definitely drop our crime rates. So legalize as many of these things as we can because the war on drugs, as we know, has been an utter failure if you're looking at a societal and humanitarian standpoint. Um, support legalization among Democrats and Republicans saw little change. Of course, the Republicans won't change. It's just the party line. Yet there is a marked divide between Republicans who now oppose legalizing marijuana and Democrats and, and independents who still support it. Young adults are most likely to support marijuana legalization. Yes, because they have found that the, the brainwashing has not really taken place on them. So it says Americans 65 and older are the only group that still opposes marijuana legalization. Well, shocker, you guys have been indoctrinated into the brainwashing facility for 65 years. There is absolutely no way that you would ever accept that because that would be breaking with your classical conditioning that you've been conditioned with for 65 years. As Ben Swan and I talked about in our interview where he said that they will break it down to the lowest common denominator, and that is drugs are bad, drugs bad. And so marijuana, bad, even though, as I said before, if you do the research, for 6,000 years, this plant was used for everything from toothaches to upset stomachs to any kind of specificity um, to making oils, ropes for the Navy in World War II. I mean, it's an incredible, durable plant that could absolutely change the face of this nation if we can get it legalized. It could be, it actually was one of the biggest cash crops in America before all of this garbage happened. So, in, and it says, still support among this group jumped 14 percentage points since 2011. And that reminds me, I'd like to get Robert Platshorn back on my, um, my program to, to discuss marijuana and his um, silver tour. If you guys want to, go support him, another incredible activist. The guy spent 35 years in prison for marijuana possession and trafficking back in the 80s. He was sentenced to 65 years, the longest ever um, sentence of any person for marijuana served 35 years in federal prison, is writing another book now. So please go and support Robert Platchwar. Remember, always support the people that are fighting for your rights as individuals. You will never see them on the news. You will never see them on the national media. But if you get plugged into the underground system of freedom and liberty and, and community and solidarity, these people are out there fighting for you, trying to give you and your children and your children's children a better future. And it goes on to say, in contrast, 67% of Americans aged 18 to 29 back legalization. Clear majorities of Americans aged 30 to 64 also favored legalization. So... In essence, what's going to happen, everybody, is if we keep pushing the pedal here, keep pushing the system, 
The system cannot stop, once again, the system cannot stop an idea whose time has come. And that's where we're at in our society. We've seen the throes of big government. And I got, a, I got the, um, the pleasure of speaking with a, a couple from Puerto Rico the other day and talked to them, and they were very concerned about the health care law. Now, while most people believe that the health care is, is a good idea, and conceptually, once again, insurance, if you understand what insurance is, it is just, um, never mind, I don't want to get into it, I've only got four minutes left. But anyway, insurance is a giant Ponzi scheme that was basically created so that you can have individual care, um, routine checkups, those types of things, any kind of emergency surgery or anything like that. That's why the insurance companies get gigantic bonuses for denying care because that's money that they get to keep in their pocket and not have to dole out to do what their contract says that they're liable to do, and that is to provide you care and to provide you coverage. So, But it was interesting talking to the, um, to the couple from Puerto Rico, and they said that they... They've already lived through socialized health care, and they said it was horrible. And they said they think that they're going to implement it here in America, and it's going to be better. We've already seen the beginnings of what could be the biggest debacle in American history, and most would take the conspiratorial route and say that it's not meant to work and that it's meant to drive us further into debt and just give more money to the banks and the insurance companies, which... I could subscribe to that for a little bit because, once again, I am not so cognitive – don't have so much cognitive dissonance that I don't think that, that banks and insurance companies would ever try to rig the market and game the people in order to make gigantic profits. That would never happen. Oh, and it would never happen that the government would bail those companies out and then sign you on to the debt and your children on to the debt that they bailed out – these companies that made bad investments, bad ideas, not free market once again. Free market, if you fail, you fail. And remember the fear that they propagated throughout the United States when the banks were failing and that we go, we got to bail the banks out, otherwise the whole system will collapse and you know the sky is falling and dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You know, real wrath of God type stuff to promote, you know, to quote Ghostbusters. But that's what we were in. We were in that kind of situation to where everybody got sold this bill of goods that, that the world would fall if we didn't bail out the banks. So what did the American people do? The American people do, did what the American people have been conditioned to do, and that is listen to authority and do what you're told. And so we did. We did what we were told. We bailed out the banks, signed our children and our children's children onto an astronomical debt that will never be able to be paid back, and now put ourselves in a financial position to accept hyperinflation and printing money until the cows come home as a sense of an economic recovery, which it is not an economic recovery. It is just kicking a can down the road. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a gigantic can that we are kicking. So that's going to do it for the show this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thanks for tuning in on Ustream. Many people, because I don't like um, looking at myself. But um, if you did tune in on Ustream, I'm sorry that I I can't figure out how to get the audio to come through from the computer so I can play my audio clips. But once I get that figured out, we'll be rocking a full Ustream. So if you wanted to check my ugly, I'll be doing that also during the broadcast the next time we go around. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. Um, once again, the websites are wearenotcattle.net. Um, thank you again to Mike Salvi from Mike Salvi's World, mikesalvi.com. Go check him out. Check his show out. He does great work. Uh, the guys and the activists up there in Philly do their stuff, and they do it really big. And I really appreciate everything they do fighting for my civil liberty in that part of the world. So... Um, once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, get a friend, get informed, get involved. The website, wearenotcattle.net. Check me out on YouTube, We Are Not Cattle on YouTube, We Are Not Cattle TV. And follow me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter now. We Are Not Cattle, the number one. And you can find all those links through the website. 
And um, that's it, everybody. Remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And um, remember, solidarity, unity are the ways that we are going to beat this corporate board system and the only way that we are going to take humanity to the stars. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you on Thursday, 9 o'clock. Check us out. And once again, stay tuned for the Lee Camp interview that will be coming up as well. You deserve your freedom. Freedom. Yeah, and the feeling that you